0: One of the difficulties, I think, with email marketing is the fact that you've got to be able to send emails often, whether that's every day or twice a week, or whatever your schedule is, and still make it completely timely, relevant, urgent, I guess. And you feel like often,
1: I, mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm just saying the same bloody thing over and over again. I'm like, oh, look at the weather. I mean, how British is that? I must <laughs> mention the weather. In pretty much, in It's a lovely sunny day here in Newcastle. Oh, it's <laughs> lovely. Can I please, please welcome to the show my co-host for the episode, the man who cried at the penguin parade at edinburgh zoo
0: it's robert temple yes and i'd like to introduce my co-host the man who stopped learning guitar when his teacher tried to teach him how to play twinkle twinkle little star it's mind reader extraordinaire kennedy let's hit the theme tune This is the
1: bit that makes you want to dance.
0: You've got to listen. List. Now, uh, now uh, open rampant. I reckon
1: recommend there's going to be a listener who actually sends us a video doing some kind of routine to this
0: Hello, this is Rob and Kennedy. Hello! From Russ One Suite.
1: Very excited to be back in your lug holes again, and very excited to have our guest. Who, Rob, which one of these facts is true about our very special guest, the one and only Janet Murray, this week on the show? Did she? Was she accused by... Did she actually accuse a woman of stealing her shoes in a shoe shop, but they weren't even her shoes? Or... Did she have uh, a whole wall pulled down in her house after trying to install a light fitting on it? Or did she take months to finally call and fire her window cleaner, only to find out that he had actually never been cleaning her windows in the first place? One of those three (laughs) things is
0: true about Janet Murray. What is it? I think Janet is the sort of woman who would accuse somebody of stealing their shoes and be very upset about it. So I'm going to go with that. Janet, which one's true?
2: It's actually true about the window cleaner. The story isn't quite right. So the, the window cleaner, we've been trying to fire him for years in a very British way, right. in that we kind of hated him and we didn't want him to clean our windows anymore. But being British, we couldn't just say we no longer require your services. Bonzo. So um, so we carried on hiding. Every time he came out, we'd like hide and stuff. And then eventually, I decided enough was enough. So I, I phoned him. I thought that would be better to dump him by phone. And then when I phoned him up, he goes, "I've never cleaned your windows, mate." <laughs> never been there, <laughs> and seriously, number ten, and then we had this hilarious conversation where we went back and forth. Uh, where we, I had to describe the house. Now, nah, never heard of it, never seen that house before. No, never, <laughs> never, 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 never. And I, this whole thing played out on Facebook as well. I was sharing the whole story for months and months and months, and everyone was following it. And I couldn't believe it. I finally got the courage to phone him, and he's like, "Yeah, never cleaned your windows, mate." That's no amazing. wonder he wasn't very
1: good. And you wanted to fire him. He's never been cleaning your windows. Yes,
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he had. He had. He was just. He was just. He, he just couldn't take In it.
1: In denial. Yeah, yeah, I deny all denial. knowledge of it. Janet, we're here to talk about, obviously you've got this background in journalism, as a journalist, how long did you do that for?
2: So I was a journalist for the best part of 20 years. I was wow. writing for the likes of The Guardian, but pretty much written for most. Wow, okay. And, um, and one
1: of the, one of the massive things about being a journalist and writing in that way is you've got to write in such a way that grabs attention and actually stirs some kind of emotional response in, 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 in that writing. And that's a hell of a skill that like you've spent 20 years crafting and honing. And something that I know in email marketing, we could be doing better, because if people open our emails because they're emotionally involved and then and then doing something based on those emails, that'll be better. So, where, how does this all work? Like, how can we do a better job of it? Because you must see some really crappy emails and think, oh, if only they'd done that, or if only they'd done this, it would be so much better.
2: Well, there's a few key things that I learned as a journalist, which I'm so glad when it comes to email marketing. So the first one, obviously, was to be able to say what I needed to say in like a fraction of the words. So I, and I was an editor as well, so we used to edit other people's work. So I would you know see something that was 500 words and be able to get it into about 50, no problem. So that was <laughs> one thing. Wow. Um, the other thing was, we used to have something that we used to say, or when somebody used to pitch me, so I used to get pitched by writers and PR people. And a key question I would ask myself, not I'm sometimes asked then, was why do people need to hear about this now? Like why is it relevant? Why is it timely? Why do we need to put this out today? And I still apply that across all of my content, including email marketing now. I
1: love that because one of the things yeah. we forget is that it's news. Like it's it's news has got the word new in. Like why why do why do we need to know this now and making it timely? It's massive, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's huge, yeah. And the other thing I learned as well was, was to write great headlines because it's not enough to have a great article. You have to be able to, and particularly online, it has to be SEO friendly um, when you're writing for a newspaper, um, and it has to just grab attention. if people don't, it's like the cover of a book, if people don't get it in the first few words, if they don't get your headline, if they don't understand what it's about, they'll just move on to something else.
0: Yeah. So this sounds really good because there's now sort of three different things we can touch on here from a journalist's point of view of email marketing. So the mm. first one I'm really interested in is this idea of editing down content and copy. Because I know that, you know, both we, we both do sort of story based daily emails where we say, oh, I went to the cinema with such and such. Well, last basically night, professional wafflers. And this thing happened. And sometimes that story. It's, it's not particularly relevant, but it's going to segue into some sort of lesson and then maybe a pitch for something. Mm-hmm. And it is quite easy for that thing to go on and on and on, especially with me, because I like long-winded, detail-oriented stories, as everyone as in our everyone office will, will tell you. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the first step to making sure that we don't waffle on forever and flood just our... Just get to the bloody list, point, yeah, basically. People, yeah, how do we do that? <laughs> what he just said
2: um well i often would give writers advice when i was helping writers to you know write articles like newer writers and start in the middle so i think when we're telling a story like when we're at school we get taught that we have to start beginning and we have to give the background and we have to kind of say the sky was blue and the sheep were prancing around the field or whatever but actually that's the opposite of what you need to do for me it's about landing people in the in the action mm. um, and it's, it's almost like you're it's a film or a tv show and you want to land people straight in the action the other thing i learned interestingly as a journalist as well is like um narrative structure so as i'm sure you all know that ev- we've only really got one story haven't we that we tell over and over in every a TV show, film, or whatever. Um, so we start with the equilibrium and everything's lovely and then something happens to disrupt the equilibrium and then the characters all run around trying to put it right and then uh, we get a resolution at the end which is usually a little bit different than the beginning and that is every story in the world. What I learned as a journalist is that actually people aren't interested in hearing about the equilibrium. They're not, hearing, they're not interested in hearing about everything being fine and dandy and hunky-dory so actually starting a story or starting anything that you're writing with the disruption is Mm -hmm. often a much more effective way to do it. So when I'm starting an email, like I usually start with I try and think of something dramatic like land people in the action or something contradictory or something that's going to make people go what you know actually start with the disruption because people aren't really interested in reading three paragraphs about everything being wonderful and lovely um, so there have a couple of tips which so can apply straight away
0: that's really cool because now that changes it from being rather than last night me and my girlfriend went to the cinema it becomes crash the vending machine fell over and suddenly yeah. you've got like, her something. leg was
1: poking out of the back <laughs> of her <laughs> Bloody, what happened here uh, okay, so, but it's really tempting to think that when you do this, you, it's it's quite negative because obviously we know that the negative stuff sells in the press and it's quite easy to go, right, we've got to go straight in with a negative hor- horror story of, of something horrific going on. But there, there must be other emotions that we can pull into this. So which other emotions are your favourites to sort of tap into that you find, actually, that really excites
0: people, really engages people. You mean so, it's like the starting point?
1: It's that starting point. Yeah, I just have an, an emotional email in the, in the first place. I know we, we saw you present at retain at that retain event you're talking about getting emotional buy-in with your stories and thinking and your marketing and it's easy to think like i say like it's, it's all about that negative like the world's gone to hell but really there's other things you could tap into can you give us some clues
2: yeah one of my favorite types of content is what i call i know how that feels content so that's when you tell a story you share a story that other people even if they haven't had that exact experience they can see themselves in a story. Mm-hmm. So, at retain I shared the example, in fact I shared the video of the moment that I saw my family 12 miles into the London marathon and yeah. we're all hugging and kissing and then my mum says something funny about how and um, like there's a banana skin on the road. My daughter says oh she's already called the police over about that or something. Yeah. Um, but it's even if you haven't had that exact experience, even if you've never run a marathon even if you have no intention of doing something, you do know what it feels like Mm. to take on a big challenge, to take on a challenge that maybe you're not sure if you can finish. So I often think about stories that I can tell where I I know that people will be able to see themselves in the story, even if they haven't had that exact experience. And things like, my motto is, everything is a content opportunity. So everything that happens to me, every conversation I have, every person I meet, for me is like a story. (laughs) And it becomes actually, as a journalist, it's interesting, like you sort of you sort of have to remember that some things are real because everything is <laughs>
1: everything a story. becomes a story.
2: Uh, and everything you're thinking about, how you can turn it into you know into a story and how you would tell the story. Um but I just think that is just empathy and relatability. If you can tell a story that other people can see that they can be the hero in that story, they can be the protagonist because they've experienced something like it. Mm. And let's face it, most of us have experienced the full range of emotions, the full range of experiences. So that's actually quite easy to do when you think about it
0: like that. No, it is, absolutely. Yeah, hmm. Very, very cool. So how do we, in terms of making sure that we don't waffle on and on and on and on, I like the idea that if you just start in the middle of the story, suddenly that gets gives you the opportunity to rule out a whole bunch of irrelevant content because yeah. you no longer have to do that setup and that equilibrium building, if you like, explanation. So how do we start to make sure? A lot of people talk about how long is too long for an email and the same sort of, mundane answer comes about which is just well it needs to be as long as it needs to be to make the point and no longer (laughs) Mm. so in your experience writing the kind of emails you write that hit that your readers in this way how long are they typically is this something now that you have to waffle on for ages before you get to the point How how do you make this work and therefore what are we editing down to I guess
2: so I guess I would probably give that annoying answer as well which would be as long as it needs to be however if I think about my emails they are typically around I'd say about a thousand words. Most of them, maybe seven fifty to a thousand, something like that, for a decent sales email mm-hmm. or or, or some, something that's kind of um, you know really going in depth on something. But yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I don't think you can definitively say it must be this many words. And actually, sometimes you can say what you need to say in a couple of hundred words. And actually, in, in an email sequence, I think there's something nice about having that variety and that light and shade and having like, maybe a longer in-depth one and then maybe having a shorter story. I think that's quite there's something quite nice about that.
0: And bouncing off of that, if a thousand people were to give you their emails and say, right, please edit this down and make it journalistically better so that my readers are going to enjoy it more, what are the sort of common things that most people seem to get wrong? Apart from that, you know, building too much of the equilibrium at the beginning of the story. What's the common things that people should really be getting rid of out of their emails?
2: Uh, most people can get rid of um, the first two or three paragraphs,
0: usually. Um, <laughs> Excellent.
1: So. Uh, but actually, before you go on By that, now. That's how it uh, yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Click go, the go, link go, below. Click the link below. But, but actually, maybe a technique to get into this would be write your email as usual, and then just to allow you to get through that, and then just chop off the beginning, and then sort of make it make sense. I mean, is that something you still do? Or now, having done this for a while, are you able to just start yourself in the middle?
2: Um... No, I often go back and edit things, and I do think there's something really good about you no, know, don't get it right, get it written, just write it. You can go back and take take it out. But I find most people's writing two two or three paragraphs is probably exaggerating. But most people can take out the first paragraph; they don't need it at all. But I think it's worth doing, like almost setting yourself that challenge and going back and saying, okay, well, if I was to take the first paragraph out, would it actually? affect the, the meaning mm. um i think we get taught at school to use lots of describing words um, and adjectives you know we get taught to to kind of be really flowery and actually um as a journalist it's about using the most simple words it's about you shouldn't really need to use adjectives actually if you're if you're if you're a good storyteller and you're um you shouldn't need to sort of be saying the sky blue whatever it might be you, you should actually be able to choose the right words and be pretty adjective free so i think a lot of people use too many wow. adjectives and too many adverbs um the other thing as well that i'm allergic to um and my team we have this joke that if i allow one through it's like a big thing if i allow one through <laughs> exclamation marks like again if your writing is good and powerful you shouldn't need an exclamation mark because what you say will have that impact and i think a lot of people overuse exclamation marks um another thing as well can be um dialogue so dialogue can work really nicely it's quite a nice way to open an email as well so yeah. just to start with a conversation um so so i think the main things i'll probably take that first paragraph or maybe up to about three paragraphs out um, not too many adjectives describing words or adverbs like slowly quickly most of that stuff you you don't need and i would just strip out Everything, like every you know, we I used to I used to teach writing, um I still do teach all the time, but I used to actually teach like writing courses, like journalistic writing courses. And um we had a phrase that we used to use which would make every word work for its place on the page. Right. So if there isn't a reason for that word to be just strip it out and get rid of it, you, you probably don't don't need it. Um, And I go back to my writing all the time and always thinking, I look back and read it and think, I didn't need that sentence or I didn't. A really good discipline, actually, I've noticed is um, if I take a post that I've written for Facebook, this is a social media post, but this could apply to email marketing. And LinkedIn only has 1,300 characters. Now, you just see what happens when you take a story that you've told on Facebook where you can have as many characters as you like and you have to condense it into 1,300 Or then maybe take it down to a tweet and suddenly you realize how many words or phrases that you're using that you don't actually need to tell the stories i think most of us use too many words too many flowery describing words i love that
1: i love that let's talk about subject lines very briefly because it's all about this emotion about this journalistic approach so you wrote headlines for a hell of a long time you really refined that so subject lines obviously it's easy to go too hypey and too, like, bland, hypey, like, you'll never believe what Jackie did, or whatever, <laughs> or who else wants to learn how <laughs> to uh, insert the name of a really crap subject line here? Or, uh, But also, the other end of it is is just bland, just not very exciting dullness. Like, how do you begin writing a subject line? That's a really
2: good question. I... I don't know, really. Well, let's let's put it this way. Do
1: you write the content before the subject line, or do you often get an idea for a subject line and then sort of figure out what the content's going to be?
2: I usually write, um, when I'm doing an email sequence campaign, I normally plot out how many emails it's going to be and different types of emails, because I have different types of emails that I would send, Mm -hmm. say, sales sequence. And then I I write the headlines first. So I... I usually come up with the headlines and then try and fit the story around them. And I would think to myself, right. what is, what's the message that I want? You know, is this an objection email? So I write some emails which are about addressing objections. Sure. Is this a testimonial emails? So is, is this about telling a story about somebody who's had a success? Mm-hmm. Is this a problem email? I call it when you're setting out the problem and, and the solution. Um, so I'll be trying to think what's the message, what's the one, I mean, I learned this from journalism as well, like, because I did radio and TV training as well. I would always say like, instead of trying to prepare three points, what's the one thing if somebody listens to this radio interview or somebody listens to this, um, watches this TV interview or somebody reads your email and they go and tell their mate about it. What's the one thing I read this really great email about how you should do this or how you should do this. So I've normally got that one thing in my head, the one sort of takeaway message and I write the headlines and then write, because I like writing headlines. And so I tend to write the um email copy uh, around it. So so that that's my process. And I'm not saying that's the right process, but it works for me.
0: And out it's of interest, with your background and your your sort of skill set there, are you mostly focused on writing subject lines that are sort of benefit-driven and fairly clear? So content marketing, that will X, Y, Z. Or are you much more curiosity-driven, you know, something like, you know, what this llama knows about content marketing or like even more out there that sounds like nothing to do with content at all. What's your approach?
2: I think curiosity for me is, okay. the, I mean, when I look, at, I often look and analyze when I'm, I teach email marketing as well. as so i look at my headlines and we look at the open rates and the click rates and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And consistently the surprise, the question, the one that evokes that kind of curiosity where people, What's this? You know, I've got to see what this, this is. And I actually save them in my inbox. So I save, if I see a really good subject header, I have a five of them and I save them and go back and see what, what made me open that email. Right. And unless it's something that's really solving a problem, like, you know, how I got 50,000 new Instagram followers in 24 hours. And this is like a real, like, um clickbaity. Yeah, you
0: know, it's an unignorable thing.
2: But, And I have to think I send a weekly podcast email, so I'm just talking about what my new podcast episode is, and that can be quite hard because even though it can be quite a good topic, you know, it can be something really functional like how to build your Instagram following. It doesn't doesn't really stand out in your inbox, so I'm always trying to find a way to kind of um, to. To, to kind of evoke that curiosity and get somebody to open the email, and sometimes that might be about being a bit controversial. Sometimes it might be about making a statement, a surprising statement. So, I one thing that I works really think works really well with all writing is um is opposites. So mm. something like um you know now now I'm on the spot trying to think of an example, but where you put two really opposing things, surprising things together. So. Or maybe
1: something that's the opposite of what people might expect from you. So for me, yeah. it would be like uh, the best thing about football. You know, if somebody right. got that from me, they'd be like, Who, who's who's hijacked <laughs> Kennedy's infusions? The best thing
0: there? about football is I don't watch it. That's in a video thing. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Is yeah.
1: that it meant you know, I can okay, get Okay, this with... is
0: cool. Now while we're on the subject of subject lines, Ooh. um Ooh. shall we uh, shall we check in with the,
1: the with the uh, with the, uh the subject, subject line of the
0: week. <laughs> subject line <laughs> of the week. It's the right. it's
1: the subject line of the week, can you believe it? So Janet, what's your one of your favourite or best performing subject lines you've ever used?
2: Okay, so I've got my I've got my assistant to send me this over. In Great you. So, um, best performing subject line ever. We're like, we should have a drum roll. Drum roll here. Yeah, we should. Is, we
1: should. We should put that sound effect in. <laughs> we got random applause, but that's it. We can't. Yeah. Is,
2: is this bullying? So, is, this is this bullying? bullying? Yeah. So that's definitely intrigue, isn't it? That's a question. It's curiosity. It's got
1: a lot of emotion as well. as obviously a lot of emotion attached to the word bullying as well. And there's the question. Everyone's going to have an opinion on this. So where did the email go from there?
2: So basically I was telling a story. Of some I, I do this quite a lot. So I use, it's a bit meta, but I, everything's content opportunity, right? Sure. So I was, doing a, I was doing a sales sequence for my membership community at the time. And um, a woman had emailed to say that my subject lines were incendiary. Um, So she would said that, I think the subject line was one of them like, you might regret this. That was one of my, so so it was coming towards the end of a launch. And I was saying, you might regret this. And the content of that particular email was something like, you know, do you ever have those moments where you see a dress you really like it, and then you hesitate, you don't buy it, and then afterwards you're really fed up because it's mm. it's gone. Up he does forever.
0: that all the time, all the time.
2: Yeah, it was that kind of email, and but the, the headline was you might regret this. And so this woman emailed to say that it was bullying, it was incendiary, and it made her feel threatened. And a little bit a- <laughs>
0: oh, wow, um, buy this or I'm going to send the lads around. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You'll so, never well, sleep then- again. <laughs>
2: Well, carefully making sure that she wasn't included in the next email. um, I basically kind of told the story and I I learned from journalism you sort of blur the details a little bit and and obviously no one would ever know who sent this apart from me and this lady, no one would ever know who sent this email. Mm -hmm. But just to kind of tell the story about, you know, and I asked them, I asked my readers, do you think this is bullying? And loads of them emailed me back to tell me (laughs) that they didn't think it was bullying and they were sorry that I'd had to have an email like that. So the emotion, the you know, getting people involved in a conversation, I'm always looking for ways to get people to um to kind of get in a conversation with me, to talk back to me, to email me back. Right. Um, so that was a great way to 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 get that kind of conversation going.
1: Absolutely cool. loved it. That was this week's
0: subject line of the, of the week, subject line, line of, the of the week. week. Yes. It so now was. Janet, this has been awesome. I've I've written down loads of notes here. Again, I don't know I'm not a note taker, but I've got no. loads of things I want to go and implement in, in my stuff.
1: And in fact, all the notes for this episode you'll find over
0: at slash bullying Now Janet, before we wrap up this episode, tell us where to go to find out more about you and everything you're doing.
2: So the best place to head over to is my website, which is JanetMurray.co.uk, with A-Y, the Scottish, the Scottish spelling, as somebody said to me the other day, I didn't realise there was a, an alternative to the Scottish spelling, but apparently there is, and uh, find me over there, and if you want to find me on social media, best place to find me is on Instagram, so I'm JanetMurrayUK over there.
1: Love it. And the links to all of that stuff is also in the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com
0: bullying. Now, of course, if you've enjoyed this episode, which I know you have, make sure that you go and subscribe to the email marketing show. You can do that, of course, on your favourite podcast player. And if you want to, you can go and check out the video version on YouTube as well. So you can see Janet's new hairdo uh, which she's really pleased with, aren't you, Janet? And because, because we've learned about using dialogue in your emails, our next email can start with, oh, no, is this a video podcast, said the podcast <laughs> guest. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to dance our way out
1: of here with the
0: outro theme tune. Thanks, Janet.
1: The email marketing show. The email- I love that drama. I love bringing that journalistic thing in. I love it.